The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your hands. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. And uh, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you'd like to uh, join us in the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and scroll down. It'll be the second video down where we'll be streaming there. By the way, I say live because that's just my normal introduction. We're pre-recording, obviously, today uh, due to the time differences between us and our guests. Uh, But click onto that, enlarge it on your device, and then click on the platform icon. Join us in the chat. We always have lots of friends in there. Uh, of like mind, a couple of stray dogs that come in, I guess, but uh, most people are of like mind. Uh, Join us in the chat. Love to hear from you in there. And then right above that is Bradley's show from Saturday, uh, two hours worth of Bradley Dean. So if you want to check that out, that's the video right above where we'll be streaming. 
and that will go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central when he comes on at that time. If you go right above that, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Remember, we don't e- uh, rent your email, sell it, or spam it. You get one email from us a day, and that includes the morning show archive. So whatever we talk about in here, uh, you'll be able to access that later on at sonslibertymedia.com. I put it in article format. We put it out on other places, too. By the way, you can catch us on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. We're on dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, as well as on Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and we're on Roku at Cutting Edge TV. So if you want to pick us up on any of those outlets, we, we would appreciate that very much. Finally, if you guys would like to help us do what we do, we do internet, we do radio, we go out in the 50 states teaching our Christian constitutional heritage, um, you know, promoting, doing our civic duties before God to uphold justice. And we're going to be talking about justice here again in just a minute. Um, there's a donate button at the top of the page. Again, we don't ask you for money. We just let you know well, this is what we're doing. If you would like to support us, there's a donate button at the top of the page. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly. As a son or daughter of Liberty, that link is also at the top of the page. This is a monthly partner, and you get some goodies in that. You get some discounts in the store. And speaking of the store, that link is at the top of the page. This week, we're highlighting Stephanie's book. This is uh, Stephanie Dean. She is the wife of Bradley. This is her testimony, One Heart, the testimony of Stephanie Joy Dean. It's normally $7, but this week only through Saturday at midnight. If you buy one of these, you get one free. So for everyone you buy, uh, you get one free. You got some friends you want to share uh, Stephanie's testimony with. Um, you know, she's got a pretty interesting testimony. She was, the, I think she was the Wheaties girl. You know, she was on the box of the Wheaties, if I understood, if I remember correctly. Uh, so she's got an interesting, uh, in- interesting history. And if you'd like to share that testimony with her again, you'll, you buy one, you get one free. That's through Saturday at midnight. Be sure to check that out. Now we've got a, some special guests today, uh, a friend of, our, of mine, a mutual friend of, of our, ours, the, the people we're having on, um, we were talking the other night and he says, Hey, I've got these friends. There's this kind of story. Would you want to carry it? And I said, well, what's going on? And as soon as he got it out of his mouth, what had happened, uh, like two sentences into it, I said, yeah, I'd love to have him on because that's an issue that ha- we, we got to bring justice in that issue. There's got to be justice somewhere down the road here for these people. And uh, so with that in mind, it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Corey and Paige Hedquist. I, I, I hope I said that right. Is that right, guys? Welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Yes, it is. Yeah, you said it right. All right, great, great. Well, it's great to have you guys. I, oh, I just sent myself off the screen. Sorry about that. It's great to have you here. And I know you had to make some travel so you could get internet to be on with us, and we appreciate that very much. But you guys had a very traumatizing incident happen this past January, and you were posting some pictures. I'm going to be showing some of those things of what happened. But you guys were hit by a state trooper doing over 100 miles an hour, and... You guys ended up being charged. He was not charged. There's no justice in this. This is an injustice all around. And just so you guys know, I've told the audience before, because we've talked about several of these instances, isn't it amazing how police officers are allowed to break the law in order to, quote-unquote, enforce the law? They have to speed in order to catch speeders, which isn't really a crime. They have to go in and deal drugs in order to catch drug dealers. It's, It's so immoral and unjust it isn't even funny but let's start out with this tell us about yourselves um you're a couple you've been married for several years and you've you've got some children tell us a little bit about yourselves before we get into what actually took place with you guys we have been married for 12 years we have five children 
We live in the Ozarks. We live off grid and we love it. <laughs> um, we homeschool, we homestead, and I don't know. Life is good for the most part. <laughs> all right. All right. Good. Uh, look, homesteading's great. I'm, I, we just got our first chickens um, several months ago. And I was showing yeah. the people on the show Saturday the eggs. I, two of the eggs would fit in my hand. They were so big. And uh, somebody says, did your chickens have big butts? No, they just, they're just flukes okay. every once in a while. The rest of them are half that size. But uh, yeah. I, I love the homestead. I, I saw some images of what you guys have done there on your land. It's great. I applaud that. That's the self-sufficiency there. The homeschooling is a good thing, not sending your kids out to your enemies to indoctrinate them against you. That's a great thing. And so you guys are, are a family, 12 years. And what happened here? You you guys had this incident on back in January. Tell us what went on that day and what led up to the incident involving the state trooper. Well, the day was normal. I mean, we went out to the park. We had a good time, visited with some friends. Uh, Corey was at work. It was a Friday. And at this time, we only had one vehicle because some other crazy incident happened with our other vehicle six months prior to this. So um, the children and I had the vehicle for the day. And Corey got home from work from his trip. I, I was I was at work. They were coming to pick me up because I just got home from Oklahoma because um, I drive a trucker, um, go out of state every once in a while. So they were coming to pick me up with the one truck we had. So the our five children and I were in our pickup truck. It was a uh, 2000, 2001 one. Dodge Ram pickup. And they were driving. It was about eight. It was about 8.15 at night in January, so it was really dark. And because it's back roads in the Ozarks, there is no light except for, you know, our vehicle. And so there had recently been some, a lot of rain and snow melting. And so down in our area, we get a lot of flooding. So we had to go the long way to pick him up from work. And because of one of the bridges was kind of flooded, we didn't want to risk having to turn around and go the long way after halfway getting there. So we go the long way. I get on the county road and I miss the turn because it's not a road that I travel very often. So I passed it and I realized I passed it and I needed to turn around. So I took a left turn into a driveway or I was attempting to take a left turn into a driveway. And all of a sudden, the vehicle was struck, and we were on the ground on the side facing the other direction, and everybody was screaming. So, and we weren't really sure what happened until afterwards. So, um, what had happened? So, so let me, let me get this. Let me get this right. You're you're going down the road. You're. Did you say you were going to turn into a driveway? We were taking a left turn into a driveway to okay. turn around and go back. Okay, so you're you're taking the left turn in a driveway, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're just mm-hmm. you're just creamed. Is this like a is Does the car hit you from behind? Does it hit you in the side? What what goes on there? So, we were coming up over a hill. The driveway was on the other side of the hill, just barely, and it was pitch black and dark. And what had happened was this officer, this uh, Missouri State Highway Patrol officer hit us in the back left corner of our pickup truck. Um, from behind. From behind. 
but it was strange because we did not see lights or hear sirens or headlights or flashing lights. It was, there was nothing. And all of a sudden we were just hit. That's why, I mean, I'm, I have precious cargo in my vehicle. I'm always watching, you know, looking for other drivers on the road. And so he hit us from behind in the back end. And what it did is it, it shot us around uh, 180. It, it flipped them around um, like set almost 720 degrees. Full speed. 360 plus, yeah, seven, about 720 degrees. So it spun you a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I think it only spun us once, but we landed forcefully on our sides. So, and it threw the entire bed of the truck off of the frame and it landed like, I don't know how far away from the cab where we were sitting. So uh, in that, in the lot there, they had actually plopped the back end back on top of the frame. Um, at the crash site though, that thing had flown. I mean, it completely was torn from the vehicle. Yeah. It was down the road a little ways and everything, the, the gas cans, the feed bags and everything was sprawled out along the highway and along the other side of the highway. We had bags of laundry that was all shredded all over the highway. So, um, so what we're seeing here, you're you're telling me basically the truck was torn in two, the cab portion was in one area, and then the the bed was in another. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that the frame of that truck, I uh, I don't know if you got the pictures right there, but it's uh, it's offset quite a decent amount. What maybe. She's maybe a whole foot of the back end was offset. So he hit really hard. <laughs> okay. All right. Now what happened after you got rammed? Uh, I know what happens in, in those kind of instances. There's just a loud smack. It's like time stands still. And then all of a sudden you're, you come to your senses. What happened after that? So after whatever this was that happened here, this, after this, like boom, all of a sudden, we are standing standing on the driver window that was shattered all over the ground. Um, me and my two daughters were in the front seat. And because it's a pickup, obviously, my three sons were strapped in their car seats in the, in the back. So my daughters and I had, like, we were just standing in on the side in the vehicle. We and everybody was screaming. <laughs> the first thing I did was... I shoved the girls, they are nine and 10 years old. I shoved, I had them going, uh, they escaped through the bottom, like. Through the, through the driver's window. Cause the truck was propped up on that, on the, the mailbox that was on that driveway. So it was propped up enough to have a, a gap under where the window had shattered in the ground. There's maybe a foot of, space that they had to crawl underneath on the glass to get out of the vehicle. And so the girls went out. I told them from the other side, catch their brothers. Cause I was going to reach back unstrap them and then shove them out the door too, out the window to their sisters. And I wanted the girls to help me by collecting them. And so I then turn around and I had taken the, let's see, Sawyer is five and Bo is four. Jack is seven. So the two that were in like the toddler car seats, the 
the five and the seven, the, sorry, five and the four-year-old, I had them unstrapped out of their car seats, pushed them out the window one at a time to their sisters who grabbed them and held them close, obviously. And then Jack, my seven-year-old was laying, he was right directly behind me. The vehicle landed on the driver's side. So he was on the driver's side in the back. He was pinned to the window and he was, his seatbelt had locked upon impact. And so I had to figure out how to get him out. By this time, the man who lived at the home where where we were turning into that driveway, he had driven his truck down to where we had been, I mean, where this happened. And he was checking on us in the vehicle. He said, turn the vehicle off because in my panic, I didn't even think of it. And I told him that I needed a knife. I needed a knife because my child was stuck in the seat and I couldn't get him out. I couldn't get the seatbelt. It wasn't unlatching. So he really quickly grabbed a knife out of his pocket and he handed it to me. I had to cut Jack out of the seat. And then I had to pick him up and he, it was traumatizing to just see his face. It was covered in blood. I, I, he said he doesn't remember anything. So I had to shove him out under the window to his sisters. And then the man had to pull me out through the back, the back window that kind of slides open. So he kind of, he lifted me through that because I couldn't fit through the bottom window. Okay. Now, now is this Jack here? That's Jack. Yes. Okay. Now, how long after the accident is this? This looks like he's around firefighters here, but it doesn't look like the area that you're showing there. So is this at uh, some kind of a a paramedic place or is this at a hospital or is this several days later? This is when we arrived at the hospital a couple, I don't know, two or three hours later. Okay. And that's me and my coat okay yep, or okay. i was wearing a construction jacket i got you okay all right all right yeah and, and you're saying here and you're saying here that uh you and he your son had broken noses here and concussions and the other four children were just scratched up and bruised but all of them were very traumatized by what took place there was a lot of psychological damage with this yes yeah like camden camden still doesn't like to drive around at night no, it was a very tough battle if we're out late to make sure she's calm so she can we can get back home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Remy's a lot better, but she doesn't fall asleep anymore on the way home. She's she's wide awake the entire way home. Doesn't matter how late it is. Two she's o'clock wide in the awake. morning and she's like watching the road, making sure that we see all the traffic right. coming and going. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. I, look, I, I've been in auto accidents and I tell my kids I, I drove motorcycles. I had an 18 wheeler pull out in front of me. I hit that um, numerous surgeries from that deal. So I know about I know about all that stuff. And I tell my kids, be cautious, be cautious, especially looking for motorcycles. That's one of the things that just scares me. They're going to pull out in front of somebody and kill somebody not meaning to, but just, you know, not being cautious and looking. So let me show some of these. And and you tell me if I'm wrong here. The, the images are a little smaller for people who are watching them, but you guys took images. Now, you wrote in this one, this is the direction the officer came from. Now, look how straight the road is. It looks like mm-hmm. it's going downhill from here, but uh, this is the direction the officer came from. Over the hill, in the dark, full speed, plenty of time to see our vehicle turning ahead of him and slow down. Then you gave this image. 
uh, of the mailbox. I guess this is the driveway that you you turned around. And you can see the the in, the incline of the road. It continues, and it's a long road. This isn't like somebody tops the hill right where the driveway is. Because when you were describing it, it kind of sounded like, well, maybe this is right at the top of the hill. But this isn't that ca- this isn't the case at all. And uh, you say way down on the left, about three hundred yards down into the ditch, is where uh, he landed after he hit us in our truck. Our cab landed on its side where the mailbox is. So get that, folks. This trooper is not chasing anybody. He's not going to a crime scene. He doesn't have his lights going on. He doesn't have a siren going on. He hits his family, and then his car goes 300 yards. Imagine that. Three football fields down the field. That's how That's how reckless this guy was driving. And I'll bet he pulls people over all the time for their seatbelts and spitting and says, you know, speed kills and blah, blah, blah. And it gives him his, his spiel. Here's the other one. Um, you can't see our vehicles up here. Yep, this is how far past impact he landed. Uh, busted a horse fence and denied responsibility for this too. Mm-hmm. And then the final one that you have here, this is the highest point of the hill before site of impact. We tested it. Driving the speed limit, we were able to come to a complete stop long before the site of impact. This officer has plenty of space and time to slow down or stop before impact. Now, let's get to the nitty-gritty here, guys. What is the name of the officer who did the damage here? Jason Philpot. All right. Now, is he, he, and he's a state trooper, does he come under some kind of sergeant or lieutenant or any of these kind of guy uh, designations of rank in the police force? Uh, no, not that I remember. Okay. All right. So his name again is? Jason Philpot. Jason Philpot. All right. Okay. So, and, so what happens here? The accident happens... And you guys are obviously damaged. You've got the the owner of the property there coming out to help you guys. Who goes and finds the officer and what transpires during this time? Can can you elaborate on that some? So after we got out of the vehicle, the children and I, um, the man who lives there, his wife, came to us with blankets. It was January. It was cold. Um, so, so we all huddled below blankets. And I couldn't figure out what happened because... Remember, it was just, it was all, we were driving and then all of a sudden we were on our side in this vehicle that was smashed. And so I was looking around in a panic and I was like, who hit me? Where is the other vehicle? There was no other vehicle and there was nobody coming up to me to tell me, hey, I did it. So I looked around and I tried to figure out who, where, where they came from, how we were hit and why, well, you know, I couldn't figure it out. So when I was sitting there huddled with my children, this officer comes up to me and I just looked at him like, like, thank God you're here. Who hit me? What just happened? Who hit me? And he looked at me with a straight face, almost like without emotion. And he said, I hit you. And then he just walked away. <laughs> there wow. was no, I'm sorry. I don't, are you okay? That I recall. I do not recall any sensitivity towards what just happened. It was really bizarre. <laughs> so so he was apparently strapped into his car and able to get out of the car on his own, truck the thir- 300 yards up the road to you guys and say, by the way, I'm the guy that hit you, and then walk away? He didn't, nothing else? I didn't see him after that. I have no idea where he went. I don't know who he talked to. I, I just was in, like, total shock that he just... There, you know, it was really weird. 
Okay. All right. So what's the next thing that come that happens here? So in my adrenaline and trauma, um, finally the ambulance arrives. They're parked up there in the driveway. And they start to gather us towards the ambulance to make sure the children are all okay. And after I get all of them into the ambulance and my adrenaline, it just sort of drops. And I start feeling really lightheaded. I mean, to the point where you see in movies, everything goes fuzzy, the sound starts to get blurry, and all of a sudden, you just start, you're going to, like, pass out. I hit that point when I got in the doorway of the ambulance, and they had to catch me as I fell, and they put me on this bed. They strapped me down onto the ambulance bed, and they put an IV of, they said that it was water, um, from what I could recall, and then they had me breathing in an oxygen mask. My children were sitting on the bench on the sides and just watching them stick their mom with a needle and put water in me and have the mask on me. It was really traumatizing for them all over again. Um, I came back to, I didn't completely pass out. I just, they had to get oxygen me. Um, the IV helped, but they wanted to, they, I don't even remember like what, I told them I had a bruise on my knee and my shin and I pointed to my knee and my shin where I was feeling pain. And I had these, I wear huge bell bottoms. So I had these huge flare bell bottoms on. They could have easily just kind of hiked my bell bottom right over my knee. And I told them that my knee hurt. I needed that checked out and they can just easily pull my pants, you know, the, the end of my pants up over my knee. And they took a scissors and they cut through my pants and then just kind of opened the pant, the bottom of the pant leg up to check out my knee. They poked at it and said, well, you might have a bruise there. Yeah. Like all, but they cut out like all the way up to your thigh. They cut up all to my thigh. After, you know, like these are huge pants. They could have easily just moved them up my leg. So that was really weird and awkward. I felt sort of violated. Um, and then they, same thing with my other leg. They checked out my shin. I had a big gash there on my shin, which I don't know how I got there, but, um, they wanted to make sure I was okay, apparently, and they decided that they were going to cut up my sweatshirt, too. And so they took a scissors and they cut up my favorite sweatshirt that I was wearing. I have a picture of that, too. I don't know if I posted it on the post, um, which was completely unnecessary. I told them I didn't have any, I did not feel any injuries on my top half um, right at the moment there while I was laying there. So that was sort of violating a little bit. And somewhere in here, I called Corey, he was at work and he, he uses boss's vehicle to get to us. Yeah. Yeah. I got the call. I, as you can imagine from my point of view, I, I get the call of, Hey, someone hit us. Um, the truck flipped over and then kids are screaming in the background. Oh, that you were still in the truck then or something. Um, but I get the, get the call and I, then we have, terrible service out here so call dropped before I really knew and then so I went to my boss and asked if I could use their truck and they let me use their truck and I went and as I right before I left I tried calling her again and I talked to the paramedic um which told me where they were and I went on my way and I I found them and I got there and by that time, they wanted to airlift her to the hospital. Um, well, I was laying on the bed, and they were cutting on my sweatshirt and my pants. 
um, they said they needed to airlift me because I may, I have shown because I almost passed out. They said I showed signs of having internal damage possibly. They said possibly internal bleeding. And they said, you need to be airlifted. You need to get to the hospital like now as fast as you can. Um, and then they said, we're going to get that ready for you. And we're going to have you out of here right now. And I said, no, because my husband's five minutes down the road and we're not going to, you're not taking me until he is here with my children because they were going to try to airlift me before he got there. And I was not about to let that happen. <laughs> yeah, so, I, of course. Of course. You know, I understand some of the things about cutting. You're a little more fortunate than uh, my best friend when we, we had motorcycle accidents within two weeks of each other and he was so badly messed up. They, they cut all of his clothes off right there in the street in front of a church parking lot. Uh, oh, because wow. he he hit a he hit a station wagon doing about I don't know 120 uh, right in the side mm-hmm. T boned it and he's like he was he was very fortunate in God's providence to even be alive. Um, yeah. But okay, so you you've got these things and I understand the concern. You know they don't know what's going on. All they're doing is checking you out physically. They understand that you you almost pass out, so they they want to err on the side of caution. There, I get that. I get that. Um, but in all of this, all of this time, so no other police officers come and talk to you during this time. Um, I'm sure there's other police officers on the scene. I'm sure with a state trooper doing this, there's probably tons of state trooper cars there. Is that, am I correct on that? I don't remember about the vehicles, but I know that many other, several other officers did come and talk to me and ask me what happened. And I told them all the same exact story. But so, this is a story, <laughs> but, but they didn't talk to you until the hospital. They asked correct? me, they asked me what happened like before you got there. Okay. <laughs> well, because I, I talked to and the paramedics the too. one guy, the one officer, um, who was doing the report and I didn't know much. I, I asked him what, um, you know, what exactly happened and, he said someone hit her from behind. He did not specify it was a state trooper at the time. We I found that out later. Um, and um, so after I talked to him, I was trying to focus on the children because they were in the they were looking for me. They were kind of still very frantic and everything, and especially our littlest one didn't know what's going on. They just took mom on this on the gurney and, you know, going to go airlift her. So he was, I was trying to get to him and, um, he, uh, the, the officer relayed something to me where, cause I said, how fast was he going? He said, well, we estimate about, about 80 miles an hour. Okay. You know, I'm not thinking much at the time, but you know, that's still pretty fast to hit somebody at a dead stop or almost or how fast but you were going maybe five to ten miles an hour trying to pull in that driveway Mm -hmm. um the the uh over the span of time we were waiting for a police report and everything and we never got one never got anything so finally i talked to the owners of the people of the house that were there and he told us that they were estimating he was going anywhere between 85 and 105 miles an hour. Okay, well, my I work with a physicist, and when they worked out the numbers and the weights, the vehicles, and everything, they came up with about 117 miles an hour. 
and so that that's where we believe that it's we we think that he hit her at over 100 miles an hour because of how far he went after he hit her um back to the night she she did give in get airlifted to the hospital and then i took the kids in my boss's vehicle and i had my oldest two trying to keep uh jackson awake because he got he got the concussion and you know he broke a nose i didn't want him fall asleep and who knows what so then we met her at the hospital after we got there but okay all right now you know okay so so this is going on and usually police, what they do in these situations, a lot of times they'll check for skid marks, they'll measure those, and they determine how the fast the, uh, the, the, the parties were going, if they were traveling at a speed, and they lock the brakes up. Usually, nowadays, I mean, I don't know what your truck had on it then, but now they have these anti-lock brakes. It's like you can't, I've, I've not been in one where it actually will lock up to the point where it'll do that, because you have the anti-lock brakes to, to maintain some kind of control. But, uh, but obviously, he hit you doing whatever speed he did and went... 300 yards further that's pretty fast that's pretty fast yes, now <laughs> this leads to another this okay so this leads to a question so the uh, several officers come to you in the hospital and ask you about what happened when's the first time you find out that you've been charged with something here months months later we didn't really get anything in the mail at all the the only reason <laughs> i started looking into it so we were we well, we went through maybe we had one attorney for about three months because it took about three months for them to actually um, file an official police report. And then the attorney said he couldn't help us. Okay. So we looked for another one um, and he explained why they couldn't help us. And I kind of said, okay, I, I don't know what's going to become of this. They're just kind of waiting at the time. Um, and then I talked to the owner of the house again, and he mentioned I should try this other attorney and um, mentioned because he knew these uh, officers. He grew up. He watched them grow up, he said. So um, and that's he found out that she was charged with uh, the two tickets that she's been charged with. OK, now, what are um, what are the what are the tickets there, Corey? The, the one ticket they was for no insurance. And then the other ticket was for supposedly she caused the accident because she didn't use a turn signal. Now, I've been a mechanic for 10 years and I'm a truck driver. I know my lights have to work. So I, I knew I know for a fact that light worked. Um, so that in my to me, those lights work perfectly. So they haven't proven to us that those lights have not worked. Um, what was I? Can it, they let, smashed let, the light that they claimed didn't work. Yeah, they right, right, right. Sure, I, I get that. Let me ask you this: Um, did was there a dash cam running on his car that is available to that? I would think that's available to the public as well, right? There should be. There, yeah, there should be. They have They're not presented to that to us, or at the very <laughs> least, a body cam. We that have should got, be running all times. We've got nothing from them. Yeah, the body cam thing is a is a. Uh, it's just a farce because the, I'm told they're supposed to turn it on when they have an incident and then turn it off. Well, if you can do that, you can manipulate all kinds of stuff, which 
renders it sort of useless, uh, except in certain cases where they actually do turn it on and leave it on for when they commit crimes against people. But the dash cam, I would think that's an that's an automatic thing, and that's downloaded every time the shift changes uh, for officers. I, I could be wrong in that, but that seems like that would be a a standard protocol to do something like that. So, you have you asked for any dash cam footage? We we're in the process of asking for it. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you guys do you guys have an attorney at all, or somebody on your behalf who's working this? We do have somebody working with us. Okay. Um, we're going to. Co- Here's Matthew. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're photo bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were gonna. They, you were asking if if anyone was helping them. I'm the man helping them. He's the man helping. Okay, us. great, great. So we're gonna go to to court, and then we're gonna uh, request a subpoena ducus tecum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna ask them to support us, uh, support their claim with the evidence. Well, I can I, I can tell you this: if Matt is a friend of David's, they're in big I'm trouble. His okay, I'm well, his father. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're in big trouble. If uh, yeah, if if that's the case, they're in big trouble. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you. Look, look, let me let me let me just bring let me just bring the the scripture into this because some people say, well, okay, does the Bible speak to this? Well, of course it speaks to it. Now, some people think, well, this officer ought to be killed. The Bible would say he has to be killed. No, it doesn't say that at all. Let let me take you over to Exodus 21, and then you'll see it, and then it mirrors itself in Deuteronomy uh, 21 as well. Here's what it says, and it gives us an instance, but we can draw the principle out of what's happening. Uh, Verse 20 of Exodus 21 says, If a man smites his servant or his maid or with a rod... And he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Now, let's change that around. Let's give the principle. If a police officer smashes into your vehicle with your family in there, and they die under your hand, he's going to be punished. Notwithstanding. Verse 21. If he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. If a man strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow... He shall be sure, he shall be surely punished according to the woman's husband. In other words, that the, the 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 husband gets to say what the punishment's going to be, and he shall pay as the judges determined. So there's a punishment, and then there's restitution of in a financial way. And then it says in verse twenty three, and if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And if the man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid, that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite his maidservant's tooth and his maidservant's tooth, he shall let him go free for his tooth's sake. Uh, then it gets into some other things regarding the animals. But the point is, is this. There is punishment for the one who injures the other, the other party. And... It's in relation to what injury they give. Now, I guess you could say, you guys had broken noses. This guy needs a broken nose. Dad, I mean, you know, Corey, you're the, you're the guy who gets to determine what the punishment is. Maybe you want to break that nose, you know, maybe. And then there's got to be some payment that the judges determine as to what he pays. I'm just giving a, a, a similarity here to what Scripture says and the principle that's there that this guy has obviously violated the law, and yet he points the finger at you as though you're the ones who have done the wrong here. Pretty much. Yep, and not only that, is he 
he transferred um, to another to to another department to another uh, uh, a troop to like shortly after. So okay, now is he still in? Is he now? This is Missouri, right? Yes. Correct. Okay, so is he still in the state troopers of Missouri? Did he go to like a sheriff's uh, office, or did he go to a local police department, or you, is he still in with the state troopers? No, from what I understand, he's still a trooper. He's just he he transferred to a different troop, moved to Rogersville, I think it was. Okay, all right, and you guys haven't heard hiding her hair from this guy at all. No apology. The only thing he he had to say to you was. I'm the one who hit you. Is that correct? Yep. That's correct. That's exactly how it went. Okay. All right. Now, have you have you guys had any conversation with, uh, I don't know, the attorney general? Have you had conversation with uh, the prosecutor who's going to be, pro- I guess, well, I, I don't know. If you got tickets for no insurance, that's not really a, a prosecution thing, I don't think. What was the other ticket that you got? No, no turn signal. No turn signal. Okay, and that's what they were. That's what they're really pushing is that no turn signal. No turn signal. Okay. They they want to give her possibly fifteen days in jail for that. Oh my goodness! But nothing for the agent of the state that works for them to collect to make their little collection so they can keep their little uh, uh, racket going, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. Now, I look. I I know how it works. I I had a one of my son or no my daughter. She had a ticket, and uh, they. She didn't let me know. She forgot. She lost the ticket. I got a thing in the mail saying they're going to kick her, you know, cancel her license, all this stuff. And uh, so I called down there to the judge. The judge says, "Well, I'm new here in this." And I said, "Well, we know the, what this is about." I said, "If your guy can take and lower, say she's doing a certain speed limit, but lower it, then this isn't about justice, and this and it isn't a crime anyway. Nobody was hurt in the process. This is about a money, uh, and it's about a shakedown. So you want a hundred bucks to let this thing go away?" And the guy goes, "You know what? I got too much going on. Uh, yeah, let's just drop the whole thing." And some people said, "You talk to a judge like that," and he just let it off. And I said, "Well, he was a really nice guy. I wasn't being mean. I said we just know what it's about." So in this, in the process of this. Have there been any threats that's made? I mean, you, you guys are obviously saying they're pushing this. Um, the prosecution in this in this issue here, what have they told you guys as far as what's going on here? They want to throw you in jail. This mother, this homeschool mom that that has been married to her husband for 12 years, who simply wanted to turn around in the dead of night and gets rear-ended at a cop going more than 100 miles an hour, and they want to throw her in jail, not him. Uh, what's the conversation like going between you and the prosecution here? Well, the <laughs> prosecuting attorney doesn't want to talk to us, really. Um, okay. That. <laughs> oh, Matt's going to come in. Come on, man. Go ahead and share with me what you got. We gave them the opportunity to handle these special private priority proprietary privilege and confidential and restricted matters in private. He declined both Corey and myself multiple times. He decided to drag it out in public. So we're going to make them porn star famous. And that's why we're speaking with you so that everybody, the whole world knows about their dirty deeds. Amen. Well, I agree with that. Now, who is the prosecutor in this? Let's get his name on the record, too. I will look it up for you here. Give me a second. Okay. Have you, have you, John have Garibrand. you? Okay. Uh, go ahead and say it one more time. John Garibrand. John Garibrand, and he is a prosecutor in the, um, 
for which is he a prosecutor for a city or a county? Uh, he's the DA prosecuting attorney for Ozark County. Ozark County. Okay. All right. And we'll make sure, folks, that you have uh, phone numbers and emails both for the state state troopers' office and for this guy here. So that those of you who are active on behalf, if you love your neighbor, right, part of that is letting your voice be heard on the behalf of these people. And you've got the names, you're going to have the numbers, you're going to have the emails. I want to make sure that we have that in the archive so people can make contact with them and say, look, you're going to hold these people accountable or we're going to keep putting it out here on national radio and on video platforms across social media and everything else until you do hold him accountable. Because, you know, we we say it here on, on the Sons of Liberty all the time. Justice guards our liberty. If there is no justice, we don't have liberty. You can be injured by an agent of the state. You can be beat up. You can be raped. You can be. You can uh, have your have your possessions stolen. And we reported a bunch of this. People ask me, Tim, why all the bad stories about all the bad cops? Because we're after justice, and these guys are held to a higher standard. They're supposed to be upholding the law. They're they're called they call themselves law enforcement. What, what, what happens when they don't enforce the law against themselves? Well, then you get rogue thugs who do stupid stuff like this, who think they're above the law, and you get people who are injured. And so I often have people who say, Tim, why don't you have some good stories about cops? Well, if you want good stories about cops, watch cops. It's propaganda for, good, for, for the police department. Watch that. You'll never see that they have bad cops on there. We're after dealing with those who break the law. And it sounds to me like this guy was obviously breaking the law. He was going way too fast in the dead of night, injures a family, and then doesn't even care to check and see if they're okay. Uh, All he's concerned with is his thin blue line, which I'm glad Matt's there to help you. Uh, We're going to shred to pit, or he's going to shred to bits. Matthew. Matthew, he said. (laughs) Matthew, sorry. (laughs) I'm not a Matt. I don't get walked on. I guarantee you that. Well, I, di- I didn't mean for it to be that way, but you understand what I'm saying, that there there has to be somebody who who brings accountability here. And when I say accountability, I mean justice. I don't mean just say, oh, I'm sorry I hit you guys. Wait a minute, dude. I mean, you could have killed this family. You obviously injured them. You traumatized their kids. Some of them, maybe for life, I don't know. But they, they're still having problems, what, nine, ten months later uh, with just riding down the road at night. I mean, this is a serious issue. And this guy seems to be getting off scot-free, and we're going to make sure somebody's going to hold him accountable. And uh, I hope that he never—I hope that he's kicked out of his job. Number one, he never in, involves in public service ever again, ever, never, ever, never. And there's some restitution that comes out of his pocket, and not the people of the county there, but out of his for his recklessness. What say you? Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, the you know, after the accident, when they do their investigation and everything, um, they took our truck, they took my truck so it could be investigated. And they, they held it for the full 90 days that they were doing the investigation. They almost didn't like the, the towing company almost didn't let me get things out of, out of the truck. Uh, I didn't just because the children had hats and gloves and like winter stuff and all of our laundry was in it. And we were not allowed to get anything out of our vehicle. Yeah, because it was during under this investigation. investigation. Okay. So they're being covered by the color of law and it's. And then in the end, he, 
Um, I, I still don't never got my truck back. I wasn't able to turn it in for scrap or anything. The, uh, the guy there at the towing company said he was just going to file for a salvage title and, or, uh, for a abandoned title and salvage it. So, I mean, that's a whole different issue in the same issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. So let me ask you this. So you had a vehicle before and you said something happened to that. I'm not going to get into that. Now you've got this vehicle. I guess this was your only vehicle and it's destroyed. So how are you guys moving around? Were you able to get into the vehicle? We had, I have a, I have a really great network of friends that are just amazing that I can't give them enough credit for. Amen. One of them set up a GoFundMe account for my family and shared our story and it just went nationwide. And that link was shared. It's actually GoFundMe um, previously. And so what she did is she just shared it and sent it and everybody shared it. And we gathered enough to be able to buy ourselves a, uh, an awesome new to us Suburban. So we bought that with cash because of all of these thoughtful people that were so supportive. Amen. Amen. Well, that, so look, guys, that's real love. That's what the Bible talks about. You know, when Jesus said, I give you a new command that you love one another. By this, you, they'll know you're my disciples for your love for one another. And here you have people, and I always find, always find this amazing, that people you don't even know, they just hear, hear your story. And this is Time and again, and by the way, I, you know I'm seeing the goal of five thousand dollars. I don't know what you bought for four hundred bucks uh, that that you raised there. I, I get. I'm assuming you had something before that before it changed over and everything. But I, my goodness, you know I can't. This one's a new one. Okay, this it's, is a new one. The okay. one that's there is the one for this case. The okay. other one was for the vehicle. Right, and we're gonna have the link up for this. So if people want to be able to help uh, you guys in such a way. Um, they're able to do that. And uh, so I would encourage people to do it. Uh, people have obviously shown you love in doing that. I think that's a good thing. You were saying that you're know, more awesome than you can express. I think that's great. I, I think that's a demonstration of love. First John 3.18, we love not just in words, but also in deed. And, um, and that's a good thing. Now, you, you, you've got a vehicle that you can drive in. What's ahead for you guys next? Do you, when is, I mean, this happened in January. When did you get ticketed? When did they give the ticket here? We didn't get mail. We never got the ticket. <laughs> okay, the so, so I looked into it is because I talked to the owner of the house who who helped them out of the vehicle. Okay, and so he, so how do you know they're pressing? How, I'm I'm a little lost here because I'm I'm used to you know I've been in an accident where I was at fault and I got a ticket for it. My my kids have been in. Accidents, they got tickets for it right then and there. It wasn't like months down the road they had to figure it out and this, that, and the other. They pretty much got it right there. How do you know they're pushing this whole thing with uh, the the turn signal? Because we've we've already been to court once. She was. Uh, I talked to the prosecuting attorney's secretary. Um, she had a warrant out for her arrest for a while, uh, unbeknown to us. For what? We're not showing up for the first court date. Which we never got mailed for. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, hang on. Help me understand this, because in my neck of the woods, I'm in South Carolina. I'm a redneck out here in rural South Carolina, and they give you a tick they give you a ticket when you have an accident at the scene of the accident. What is this mail getting in the mail stuff? I don't understand that at all. 
We didn't get a ticket. They yeah. never wrote us a ticket. Okay. I don't know if they wrote the other guy a ticket. We never received a summons to appear in court. Um, the only reason we found out that I had a warrant out was because Corey called to ask about a background. I don't know, something no, about I, I called and I talked, like I was saying, to the guy who helped. His wife works at the courthouse. Um, she is one of the circuit courts or circuit clerks. Um, and it was their fence that was damaged. So in order for them to get paid for their fence, we need to, um, win our case basically. So she got me the number of the prosecuting attorney's secretary. I talked to, I talked to her who, and she informed me there was a warrant out and I told her we never got it. Paige also, the only thing Paige received in the mail was notice that her Missouri driver's license was suspended. Um, I asked the prosecuting attorney secretary how they can do that because she has a Minnesota license, not a Missouri license. And she straight up told me, she said, I don't know. I guess the system doesn't work very well. They're all inter they're all interlinked now. I know how that works. They they're all interlinked now. I, I get it. Okay, they so are. so yeah, so so you and this is the problem with federalizing everything. Okay, guys, if you think DC is your best friend, you're completely wrong. It needs to be dissolved. We need to get out of that whole thing. But the point is, is this: they they don't let you know. Then they're coming. They're going to give you a warrant for your arrest, and we're going to be running out of time here. So could, can you guys hang over for about five minutes or so, just so we can kind of get through the rest of this? Is that okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Fine with us. Okay, so because I want to pitch this before we close off the radio, I'm going to give the uh, the Give Sin Go um, URL URL here for people who are listening by way of radio, so that uh, you guys can uh, donate if you want to help the family out. So they've given you this, they've pushed these things on you. You don't know if uh, if they've ticketed the officer, and the people can't get their fence fixed until. They find out what happens to yours. I'm assuming this officer and the prosecution is trying to lay the bill for the cop car, for the damage to the fence, and anything else, your hospital bills and everything else, all on you. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. That's what the police we, report stated. We, yeah, that's what the police report stated. And the police report didn't mention anything about kids being involved at all, which... Or my statement you know, they took. So okay. we're we're fighting a bunch of different angles right now okay. that they're throwing at us. Okay. All right, guys, hang on. Let me close out the show, and we're going to finish up with that. Um, if you would like to help the Headquists out, the URL is givesingo.com forward slash Corey, C-O-R-Y, Headquist, H-E-D-Q-U-I-S-T. That's givesingo.com forward slash Corey Headquist. Join us on sonsoflibertymedia.com for the rest of the interview. See ya. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming back over from Red State Talk Radio who are joining us for the remainder of the few minutes we're going to have here with the Headquist here. Okay, so you've got that. What is? Can you tell people the court date that they have established for you uh, regarding this matter? October 26, 9 a.m. in Gainesville, Missouri. Okay, all right. And you guys you guys would like some support there, right? You'd like some people to show up in the, at the courthouse there? Yes. That would be wonderful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so that's October 26, 9 a.m. in what count? What county? Gainesville. It's it's Ozark County. Ozark County. Gainesville is the city. Is the city okay? Um, and it's 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 
make sure you know it's Ozark County because there's also a Gainesville up in the middle of Missouri as well. So, okay. All right, guys, thank you for staying over. Thank you for telling your story. I I'm going to do what I can. We'll put it out. We've got some great people in our audience uh, that not only will be praying for you, I'm sure some people will be even supporting you. Uh, you'll see some of that come in. And if you're in the Gainesville area, there in Missouri on October the 26th at 9 a.m., go to the courthouse, give the Headquist some um, some support there. And, you know, again, you can't. we can't just be out on our own. We've got to stand together. And part of that is showing a show of force. I don't care how people want to characterize that. Um, the thing is to let that people know or let those who are prosecuting this case know that, hey, the people are watching you guys. You're not going to get away with this. We're going to hold you accountable. We're going to bring some justice here, and you better do the right thing, or we're going to make sure you do the right thing, or we're going to kick you out of office for the judge in, in the matter. Uh, hang on, guys. I'll say goodbye to you in just a moment. Let me close out the show. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you in the morning, 6 a.m. Until then, see ya.